0: from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is offseason episode 19. We're finally getting some preseason polls. I say finally. This stuff is all year, like right after the national championship ends, there are people that put out the next season's way too early preseason poll. So that's a thing, but I'm finally seeing some trickling of expectations and it's August and the, and the season doesn't start until November, but let the expectations begin. And you know, what kind of flavor of expectations I like if you've listened to this podcast, if not, let me go through the expectations that I've seen thus far for this Essentially, brand new, don't know what we got WVU basketball team for, for the upcoming season. So, ESPN bracketology, that's been updated in the last few days. Joe Lenardi has seven Big 12 teams in his preseason bracketology. There is no West Virginia. Hmm. Oh, I like that. I like, wow. Oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Yeah, feed me those expectations. Mmm. ESPN's way too early, top twenty-five. Mmm. No West Virginia. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Mm-hmm. That you know that's that tastes good. Let's go, forget ESPN, let's go to 24-7 Sports. They have a bracketology. Mmm. What's this? No West Virginia? Mmm. Ow. Ow. Mmm. Just feed me. Feed me low expectations.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mmm.
0: Let's go to our to friend of college basketball, John Rostein. He keeps his top twenty, top not top twenty five. What's the use in that? How about a top forty five? So wider net that John Rostein casts best forty five teams in the country. I scan that. I scan that list, and you know what I see? Don't see West Virginia. Oh. Hmm hmm hmm. One more. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah! All right. So even better. Okay, so WVU not in his top forty-five. It's one guy. It's August, but he 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 previewed the Big Twelve by giving his Big Twelve preseason power rankings. There's ten teams in the Big Twelve. We all know that. It's going to change soon. It's not going to twelve <laughs> in the Big Twelve eventually, theoretically. But there's ten teams. Uh, tenth is Kansas State, according to John Rothstein. Ninth, next to last, your West Virginia University Mountaineers. <laughs> Mm. Oh, that's tasty. Mm. Now, there's been three after last season. Huggins, Bob Huggins, has three losing seasons at WBU. You know the seasons. First year in the Big 12, 2012, 2013. The coaches, familiar with Bob Huggins' work, he he spent a year at Kansas State. They picked WVU sixth that year. WVU not in the preseason top twenty-five AP poll that season, but they did receive votes. So theoretically top 45. They finished eighth in the conference. And if and that was back when there was a a a basement, back when TCU was playing in like a twenty four hundred seat. You know, high school gym when Texas Tech was struggling. So really, you know, in this Big 12 conference where there's not a a basement, unless you're looking around, you don't see anybody in the basement, then you're the basement team. That was a rough one. 2018-19, WVU. Now that season, that preseason, WVU, the Big 12 coaches picked WVU to finish third. In the preseason poll, WVU was ranked in both the AP and the coaches poll in the top 25. They were ranked 13th in the country with Issa Ahmad and Wesley Harris and Beetle Bolden and uh, Sagaba Kanate And, you know, you and I know what happened that year dead last. And then last year, WVU was picked fifth in the preseason poll received votes in the coaches poll, the national poll, but neither top 25. And of course they finished dead last in the big 12. So why am I telling you this? Cause I've said this before into a microphone, two points this time. First of all, history says with Bob Huggins, WVU teams, you don't see the bad season. You don't see it coming. You don't see the losing season coming. So in a, with lots of turnover and coming off of a losing season uh you know it's what will stand out in the coaches and the big 12 coaches preseason poll is if the fellow coaches pick bob huggins towards the bottom like the lowest they've had a bob huggins wvu team as far as expectations was seventh and that was after their first year in the big 12. so they never picked WVU 8th, 9th, or 10th. So I don't have any history to point to saying if they're picked that low, what happens? I'm just saying in the past, the bad seasons you don't see coming. And the second, and I've kind of proved it in this in in the beginning here. Oh, is that I eat and enjoy, I love the taste of low expectations. And I don't know if this specific to being a WVU fan, but the taste of low expectations is is so much better than the taste of real expectations. You know what I mean? If you're a WVU football fan, you're eating up the expectations, right? Like what was the preseason poll? Has it already came out? I think it did. They were picked low in on the list, wow. and I would if I was a, if I was a diehard WVU football fan, I'd eat that up. I would just I would just dine on that. I mean, think about it. And I'm not I'm not breaking any new ground here, but there's you got three outcomes with expectations. So expectations are set. It can go one of three ways. The most boring way is that you meet expectations. Like WVU, John Rothstein picks them ninth. They finish ninth. That's not, a, that's not a good season, but they have met John Rothstein's expectations. Another outcome is they can not meet expectations, fall below expectations. And then, of course, the third option is they can uh, say it with me, Exceed, exceed expectations, right? And so when the expectations are low, in my mind, you got a better chance of exceeding them. When the bar is set low, then it's much easier to get over it, right? So again, Bob Huggins peers in the Big 12 have never picked him And his team to finish lower than seventh. But let's say the coaches agree with John Rothstein. And they pick WVU to finish ninth. All right. They can only miss expectations if they're dead last again. Now that opens up a whole nother can of worms. If WVU under a soon to be inducted. Well, I guess he's already in. But the Hall of Fame coach. Then that's. That's you know those are things we got to deal with, right? That opens up conversations, but it that's the only way WVU does not meet expectations, right? Is if they finish dead last for the second year in a row. If they finish ninth again, not great meeting expectations. If they're one spot higher than ninth, if WVU finishes with this group eighth in the Big Twelve. Then I don't know what it means in other leagues. In the Big Twelve, it puts you in the, on the bubble of being an NCAA tournament team. It really does. Not that you're making it, but you're in the conversation, and you've exceeded the preseason expectation. And if you finish, if you win the darn thing, or you get, or you're middle of the pack, you're in the NCAA tournament, and you have exceeded expectations. And so there were more words in that description of devoted to being better than what you expected and that being a good thing and i love that i love that because uh, the worst that can happen and it's bad <laughs> the worst that can happen and don't misconstrue this not meeting an expectation of next to last is a problem but it like there's so many other options that are going to be better than that. You just got a better chance. Just playing the odds here, right? On the other end, let's say you get to Kansas City and the coaches all as like a bit or something. They say, you know what? We're going to pick WVU to be third. You know, we really, with love and respect to all the guys on the team, we love Trey Mitchell. We love – uh joe toussaint and jimmy bell and all these new guys we're from it. we we like those guys we wanted to bring them into our group and and bob huggins got them we think this collection of guys is good enough for third in the big 12 then i am not <laughs> i am not eating that up i would be horrified Man just gonna wash down those delicious expectations those low expectations um if they said WVU we think you're going to be third then flip it you only exceed expectations if you win if you win the conference in a conference that has the last two national champions uh or runner-up. And there's so many more opportunities to fall below expectations. It's just not as tasty. Let's put it, let's put it speaking of food, holding the wall dive bar. You're driving around in a city you're unfamiliar with, and everybody's hungry, and just like, I'm just pulling over to the next spot. And you and you pull in front of a place, the sign's kind of crooked, it's just a brick exterior, one door in. You can see kind of in the window, but it's kind of cloudy. Like, what in the world is this? The outside appearance of that bar is low, and I'm walking in knowing that yeah, it's not great that this place doesn't meet back my expectations because I'm gonna that means I've got food poisoning, right? But if you stumble in there and you order the burger and it is a good burger then that dive bar has exceeded my expectations, right? That's a win. But if we're hungry, I pull up to the next spot that I run into, and it's a fancy pants place. It's got, you know, it's got like the menu in the glass outside, so you can see what the menu is before you even walk in, and everything's in cursive, and you see the term market price and you're like, uh, and you see something about a dress code, then high expectations. And if I walk into that place and they don't bring the bread fast enough or like the the crust wasn't flaky enough on the dessert, then it's failed to meet my expectations. You're presenting it as something great. And what I'm saying is, for WVU basketball, I want, I love it when it's the dive bar with the C rating health inspection. And I get very nervous when I'm being told that WVU, you need a reservation to get in and the chef has been nominated for a James Beard Award. That's what I'm saying. Do I know what's going to happen this year? Absolutely not. It's a crapshoot. So many new guys. But in the expectations department, I see ninth out of 10. Some people react to that like, John Rothstein's crazy. He may not be crazy. I read it as an opportunity to be better than that and play the odds. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of the year. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. I follow WVU football. I hear there's a big first game of the season against a bitter rival. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager. issued as eight $25 free bets. Player profile time. I'm now looking over the players that have not been on this podcast. Kedrian Johnson profile was last week. You can check that out whenever you'd like, if you haven't already checked it out. Uh, But just to give you an idea, talked in the first segment about what's coming back. West Virginia University basketball team last season, they scored a little over 2,200 points. 259 of those 2,200 points are returning this season. Okay? (laughs) On top of that, a friend of the show, Kedrian Johnson, he, he has 170 of those 259, right? So 89 points spread amongst the other four returning guys from last season's roster and so the next highest returning point total from last season is the focus of this week's player profile i'm talking about sophomore kobe johnson point guard kobe johnson great name kobe he scored 47 points last season in 32 games and that's some very easy math to figure out like his points per game it's it's not a big number Right. And Kobe Johnson's freshman season, I would describe it as it happened. Like, I would say, Hey, Josh, what do you think of Kobe Johnson's freshman season? I would say it, he definitely, he definitely played his freshman season at WVU. That would be my, that would be my analysis. Like, it's just not a lot to speak about for a guy that played in, 32 of the team's 33 games he started four games and my assessment would be uh I think that he did play on the team so it, it could be an, it could be a worse assessment right it could be worse than I can confirm that he was on the team uh but not a lot to speak of like the only thing the only standout part I remember from the season, Right now is when I, I went to the Kansas State game in the Coliseum and Kobe Johnson made two shots in a row and had the opportunity, was wide open to make the, the third NBA jam he's on fire shot and it not even sniffing the rim. And I believe it ricocheted off the backboard. That's my Kobe Johnson highlight from 2021-2022. So, not great, but not a lot. You know, the bar was not set high for Kobe Johnson last season. He was the third point guard. He was backing up Kedrian Johnson and backing up Malik Curry. And I don't remember seeing anything bad from Kobe Johnson as a freshman, but I didn't see anything great either, right? I would describe Kobe Johnson's first year as deferential. Like, did not but definitely composed, right? Like, I didn't feel when he was in the game and the ball was in his hands, I was not thinking, oh, no, which is a compliment to Kobe Johnson. I was not thinking, all right, either. Sometimes I was for brief moments, uh, but not a lot. So he seemed quiet. He seemed confident, but also deferential, right? He He was backing up. Uh, second year in the program, Kedrian Johnson and fifth year guy, Malik Curry and the other guards seasoned, right? So with all that being said, not a bad first season. He did play. Huggins did trust him. He started four games due to circumstances. And so the season ends, Malik Curry's gone. Kedrian Johnson, you don't know if he's coming back for his fifth season. And you think, all right, Quiet Kobe Johnson season. Bob Huggins talked a lot during the season about looking down the bench and seeing Kobe and seeing Seth uh I'm sorry. Yeah, Seth Wilson and saying, I need to give these guys more time. That never, that never really happened. But with those two guys leaving, it's like, all right, here's Kobe Johnson's opportunity to gain some more minutes. And then Kidan Johnson comes back. And then Bob Huggins grabs Joe Toussaint out of the transfer portal. And so at this point where I'm talking into the microphone right now here in August, it's, it feels like Kobe Johnson is kind of back where he was last year. Third point guard. That's what it feels like. I don't know if Joe Toussaint has, has established himself as the as a starter I would think he's coming to get plenty of minutes and I don't see him playing another position. Like he's a point guard for sure. So if you're Kobe Johnson, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to run this back and do it again. How does Kobe Johnson feel about that? Uh, I don't know. Don't hear a lot about Kobe Johnson. Kobe Johnson's not very active on social media. Um, so I don't know what that means. So then I'm going back and looking through stats since Bob Huggins has been at WVU and I'm looking what point guard has had a first season like Kobe Johnson in that, you know, he averaged what, how much he averaged, like eight minutes a game, somebody that averaged seven to 10 minutes, they averaged under two points a game. Is there anybody like that in their first season as a point guard? And I found two guys Both of these guys were not true freshmen. These were guys coming out of junior college. And here's the two Tavon Myers in 2015, 2016, just like Kobe Johnson, he started four games, played a little under nine minutes a game, averaged two and a half points per game. So, a bit more of a (laughs) scorer, Tavon was in his first season than Kobe. But second season, Tavon Myers, his role stayed the same third guard. Third point guard, but got a few more minutes, scored more, and basically contributed better in that in that role. Like just got like bumped up from uh, from nine minutes to eleven minutes a game, but his points doubled. Like all of all of his statistical productivity got a boost, and then he was gone. Like he had that was his that was his senior year. So we got Tavon Myers as a comparable, and then the other guy that's a comparable is on the roster. And it's Kedrian Johnson. <laughs> Two seasons ago, Kedrian Johnson's first season with WVU, seven minutes a game, a little over a point per game. And last year, for a team with a losing record, Kedrian Johnson individually made the jump and, and doubled his minutes, started a bunch of games. Bob Huggins gave him more responsibility, of which, and he earned that, obviously. So those are the two comparables. So based on that, will Kobe Johnson do a Tavon Myers and improve in the in the in a similar role as his first season? Will he do a Kedria Johnson and make a minutes jump? Maybe not necessarily start, but bump up like double his minutes and really be part of the rotation. And there's a third option that I haven't mentioned. Could he do a Brandon Napper or a or a Beetle Bolden? who were in the ballpark of these stats in their first season at WVU. And both of those guys uh, did not finish their career at WVU. So those are the three paths. Which one will Kobe? I feel like Kobe Johnson is going to be on one of those three paths this season. If you had, if you ask me today, I'm leaning the Tavon Myers path based on Kedrian Johnson not going anywhere and Joe Toussaint getting substantial minutes. I will only be surprised if Kobe Johnson does the Kedrian Johnson path and he's a starter this year and he doubles his minutes. I don't want to say I would not be surprised if it's if it's the Brandon Napper route. I'm not projecting that. I wouldn't put that on them, but if you told me at the end of this year that that was the path, surprise is not a word that I would I would use. And I want to be but what I'm saying is I think he's gonna go down the Tavon Myers path. And if he goes down the Tavon Myers path, I think that's a great thing. I think I think that WBU is a good team if that's the role Kobe Johnson has this year. So with those connected, that's what I'm hoping for. But who I have no idea. Do you know? <laughs> who knows? I'm sure some people have a good idea. I bet Kobe Johnson has a good idea of what what his expectations are this season we'll find out in three months <laughs> that's it for this episode of unreasonable doubt listen wherever you want to listen apple podcast is a fantastic way to listen to this podcast if you're on the apple podcast hit the five star button that helps the show preach leave a review that helps the show preach Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt, WVU, for the 2021-2022 season. They had 16 wins and they had
1: 17 losses.